Let's take a minute now and talk about happiness. Your happiness. This is a new project we have here on The Takeaway. Every week in February, we're partnering with the new podcast, The Science of Happiness, to look at some of the techniques that scientists are studying to train our brains for basic emotions like happiness. Think of it as self-help if you want, but this is hardcore neuroscience. So this week, we're looking at the three good things experiment. It works like this. Every day, you write down three things that went well in your life. A stranger gave me their seat on the subway. The sound of my six-month-old baby laughing just makes everything better. Today, I found a plant i had been wanting for a really long time at a local market. Really, it can be anything. For this first experiment, freelance journalist Shuka Kalantari took the challenge. I was tasked as the happiness guinea pig to spend about 15 minutes or more, but at least 15 minutes a day, to reflect about three good things that have happened to me that day. And not just reflect, but physically write them down. Shuka reported her results to Dacker Keltner. He's a professor of psychology at UC Berkeley and host of the new podcast, The Science of Happiness. Shuka's a local journalist that's worked with the Greater Good Science Center on some gratitude work that we did. And she was our first uh, happiness guinea pig. And so she did the three good things exercise where you take 15 minutes, you go to a quiet place, and you think about three good things that are happening in your life. And it was really striking, and you'll hear it. It kind of slowed time down for her. So the first thing I reflected upon was a day a few weeks ago when my husband, my son, and I just spent a few hours alone, the three of us, at the Berkeley Marina throwing pebbles into the water. All right, let's get a handful of rocks. Now let's throw them in the water. Ready? One, two, three. And it, it just gave her a feeling of appreciation, and that corresponds to a lot of the science on this simple practice, which is not only does it enhance well-being, but... Uh, it tends to make you savor things and, and feel like you have a little bit more time in the day. I definitely did slow down and savor it. And furthermore, it made me stop and think, okay, I have to I have to do three good things today, or there has to be three good things in my life today. Is there any way I can make room for a good thing myself? So it was a really revealing exercise. Well, for every happiness guinea pig in the Science of Happiness podcast, Stacker, you've Got a neuroscientist who comes in to help uh, sherpa them through the experience. Tell us about the scientist that joins Shuka on your first podcast. And I'm really interested in this concept of hedonic adaptation. Yeah, you know, the, the mind is full, whether we like it or not, of paradoxes, right? And hedonic adaptation is this idea that's been bouncing around in the science of happiness literature and your listeners will be really familiar with it, which is that, regrettably, we have this capacity to adapt to and get used to uh, things that change in our lives, right? And as a result, the things that bring us intense joy initially, we adapt to them, and then we eventually, it loses its positive impact. We adapt hedonically. When things are the same, when stimuli are constant, when things are familiar, then we don't tend to notice them or pay attention to them very, very much. And and sort of the downside of that is that when a, when a relationship becomes kind of familiar, you know, and constant over time, when there's not a lot of change or surprise, uh, or when a job becomes familiar, or when your new car becomes very familiar to you, then we start taking them for granted, and then we don't, we sort of stop paying attention to them, and that's when we have adapted. And so uh, for this first episode, Sonia Lubomirsky, who's really one of the pioneers in the science of happiness, 
has, based on this idea of hedonic adaptation that we start to take for granted the things that are good, she's scientifically studied all these ways in which you can counter hedonic adaptation. You can, you know, practice three good things. You can say thank you to people who matter to you. You can practice loving kindness, right? Just little discipline practices that countervail the, the forces of hedonic adaptation. Well, this is just fascinating, Dacker. The science of training your brain for happiness. I love it. Well, we put some of our listeners on the case here, and we asked you, listeners, to try the three good things exercise. Uh, here's how it went for some of you. My name is Renee Hernandez, Morgantown, West Virginia. Hi, my name is Catherine from Portland, Oregon. This is Patrick McNally. I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. Three things that helped you be happy today. Just one is laughter. I just sent a beautiful sprig of fragrant Daphne that's blooming here to my sister. I thought that would give her hope. That my friend came and helped me because my alternator is bad in my old car. My wife and I share three things that we're grateful for every night when we go to bed. It can be big things, little things, but we always uh, make an effort. And that my landlord is going to let me hold my rent check so that I can get the alternator replaced in my car. Spring is coming. Well, the three good things sounds like a success for a lot of you. And Dacker, we want to invite listeners once again to take part in another one of your happiness exercises. Uh, Next week, we're looking at 36 questions for increasing closeness. Now, this is going to air on Valentine's Day. Can you tell us a little bit about these 36 questions and how people can give it a try? So, you know, Todd, when you look at the science of happiness, they're one of the and sociologists and psychologists have been writing about this for a long time, which is what, what really jumps out is uh, people feel like they don't have as much closeness and connection in their lives as they would like. You know, 30% of Americans report, as John Cassiopo has found, that they're really lonely. Um, we feel a little bit distant from people that we love. And, and, you know, we're working harder than ever before and teens are stressed out and the like. And so what the 36 questions does, and it was developed by psychologist Art Aaron, is you just pause, you take 40 minutes, and it's almost like a parlor game where you you ask the person that you're with, a friend, a, a romantic partner, a, a family member. There's new research doing this with people who are just becoming friends. You ask them a bunch of questions like, you know, and they start off kind of sort of fun and lighthearted, and then they get really serious like, you know, do you ever sing to yourself? Do you, Todd? Go oh, constantly. Dacker, all the time. <laughs> so there we go. We're off and running, right? And then it gets into these existential questions like, do you have a secret hunch about how you might die, right? Um, so there are 36 of these questions, and they just get people to start revealing themselves, learning about others and laughing and looking at each other in the eye and, and feeling compassion and so forth. And the studies show that, you know, just doing this exercise makes you feel closer to romantic partners, strangers, people of different ethnic backgrounds. Um, it just brings you closer in the way that great conversation and listening tends to do. Well, it just might be the perfect exercise for the mid-February time of year. People can get all the information on our website at thetakeaway.org to participate in the 36 questions and the next installment of the Science of Happiness podcast with Dacker Keltner. Dacker, you'll be back with us next week, so we'll talk to you then. I'm looking forward to it, Todd. Thanks for having us. Great to have you. Dr. Keltner, professor of psychology at UC Berkeley and host 
of the Science of Happiness podcast from the Greater Good Science Center and Public Radio International.